This is the Raiders on the Record podcast. Today, we feature Alex Zuzik. Coach Alex Zuzik is a 2014 Raider graduate. During his time at Hastings High School, he was a two-sport athlete participating in basketball and tennis. In basketball, he is a two-year varsity letter winner. In tennis, Alex was a four-year varsity letter winner, competing in a variety of doubles and singles positions throughout his four years. During his senior year, he competed at the number one singles position, was voted captain of the team, was academic all-conference and all-conference. In addition to sports, Alex was named the AAA award winner for excellence in academics, athletics, and the arts. After high school, Alex attended St. Mary's University in Winona, where he competed in tennis and was named captain during his senior year. Alex gives a great interview where he talks about the many teachers and coaches who had a positive impact on him throughout his high school career and helped mold him into the teacher and coach he is today. All right, here we are with Alex Zuzek. Alex, we always start at the beginning of someone's life. So let's hear about the beginning of your life. You guys always live in Hastings. As your family originally from Hastings, tell us about your mom, your dad, any brothers or sisters. Once again, let's hear about your life growing up. Yeah, thanks, Tim. So I was born in 1996. So I'm 26 right now. I graduated from Hastings High School in 2014. So it was my mom, Janet, and my dad, Mark. And then I have two sisters, and I'm the youngest. So my oldest sister's name is Katie. And then my middle sister, her name is Abby. So three of us, my whole life until, really till I bought my, for my wife and I bought our first house and I guess college. But I, until then I lived in Denmark Township. So over the bridge my whole life. And we moved when I was in, I want to say like fourth grade, we moved from one neighborhood that I believe is called like the Pine Coulee neighborhood. It's kind of where like Gerlach and like Erickson Marina is into one that's like literally like a mile closer and it's called Eagles Watch. So then we lived there till, I mean, my parents only moved like just about two years ago. They moved into town, but really from like, I mean, I was brought home to, to the house in Denmark Township and then, yeah. And then moved into Hastings when I was teaching in Farmington in my first year as a teacher. So. That was really when I was out of there. And I guess before that, I was in college in Winona too. But outside of that, I've always, always lived in Hastings and, or I guess Denmark Township. I guess, yeah, growing up, you know, we, we did a lot of different stuff. We, I remember trying like pretty much every sport at some point, you know, like what, t-ball, baseball, soccer, football, like little Raiders, all of the classic things. Started tennis pretty young as well. We also were... I would, I would say like forced at the start, but really came to appreciate it. We took like piano lessons and like we all played instruments and band for a while and took choir and everything. So I appreciate it. I appreciate it a lot now. I didn't always at the time, but in mm. growing up, I, neither of my sisters ended up being super into sports. I like remember in third or fourth grade, it was like a switch was flipped and it was like, like a huge chunk of my identity was like sports. And I thought I was going to go to the NFL or you know, whatever and watching sports center every rule. Actually, this is a rule that we had is I could not like watch sports center until I had practiced piano for the day. So I'd wake up at like six and get dressed quick 
and then go downstairs and practice piano for like the 15 minutes or whatever. And then like be watching sports center by like six 30. So That's like awesome. not, not very good piano player, like banging out some, some notes of the piano at like six 15, you know, so thank you to my parents and sisters for that. But yeah, we were just really well-rounded and my sisters did not end up getting us into sports, but like I said, it was a, it was a huge thing for me and fell in love with tennis really at a young age. Like I, I remember really liking it, you know, even when I was a little kid doing community ed tennis lessons and stuff like that. So, and then it was just like joined the team in middle school and then played in high school and then in college. So it worked out well for me. Nice. Before we get to your high school playing days and the sports you played in high school, so we really like hearing about that background. Let's hear about the schools you attended in Hastings. I really like doing this because sending it out to the different teachers, it's always nice for them to hear their names pop up. As a current teacher, you probably <laughs> would like to hear about your students that you have a big positive impact on. So let's hear about the schools you attended and you don't have to go through every grade, but if there's certain teachers that had a really big impact on you at certain schools at certain levels, let's hear about those teachers. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to preschool at C's because that's where our family went to church growing up. And then I went to elementary at McCullough, which is actually where my wife, Aaliyah, works now. She teaches second grade. But my kindergarten teacher was Annette Hansen, who's still there. So, you know, thank you to her because I'm sure I was not the easiest student mm -hmm. to have in kindergarten. A couple that stick out though from, I'll kind of go, I guess, by school, but a couple that stick out for sure from McCullough. I remember having Mr. Papp. I had him third and fourth grade. I was really lucky. It was the last year that they did like the looping in the elementary schools. And so I had him third and fourth and just like, I still remember him teaching us about integrity. And then so that's a big part of who I am. And so I, I really, really think he had a great positive impact on I me. Mean, I think it was big for me too, to have a male elementary teacher at that age as well. So, and then I also really, really liked uh, Mrs. Gullitz. I had her fifth grade. So when I, she, I had three of my best friends in that class and she always called us the backstreet boys. Cause we sat in the back in desks and like, I have been, I mean, one of them's not married, but I've been in the other two's weddings and you know, I like, we are still like best friends. So it's, it's been a long lasting relationship there. And I think like, you know, she played, played a part in kind of developing that in the middle school, this is a, so Mr. Papp is retired. This is another one that's retired. I remember sixth grade. Mr. McKenzie, he was my Minnesota social studies teacher, or like Minnesota history or studies. I forget what they called it at the time, but he was really impactful. And just like, you really knew what kids I, I felt like needed, you know, looking back at, at like from him, you know, whether it was like, you know, a little bit more tenderness or whether it was more, you know, strict, strict nature. But I definitely did a really good job with that. I really enjoyed my eighth grade. So like now I guess you can see why I'm a social studies teacher, but I really enjoyed my eighth grade social studies. I had back then you, you, it was trimesters and you had one teacher for each trimester. So I had Mr. Spencer Johnson for a trimester. I had Theron Bussey who I actually got to work with for a year and then Nick Erickson as well. And so I had those three for history and that was like hugely impactful for my, my love of history and social studies and everything. And then probably my, my all around favorite teacher though in middle school was Ms. Bramer, who is now Mrs. Hewitt. But I just, a lot of really positive adults in my, in my life. And with my dad being the middle school principal, I, 
I, I, I was able to luck into just like an amazing schedule of teachers there too. High school again. So I, I really fondly remember Mr. Lynn Warren. I was, I was there during his time. I still have a relationship with him and work on a couple of things with him. And so he had a tremendously positive impact on me and being, I was actually part of show choir too. Um, so I was part of Riverside for three years and like that was not only a lot of fun, but just like really impactful in terms of, it was certainly the most successful program that I was ever a part of. And so like, you know, what does it take to be like one of the best and stuff and kind of learning, learning some of that there. So Mr. Warren was, was hugely impactful. I really enjoyed Mr. Colvin's college psych class as well. And that was like my spring senior year. And I remember like, I was like, okay, this is supposed to be a college class. Like I'm going to really try in this. And then like, I did well. And so I was like, okay, I'll be good in college then like hmm. be able to do it. And then interestingly too, I really, I enjoyed both of my, now they're my in-laws. So my in-laws are the Zables. I married their youngest daughter, their second daughter. And so I had both of them in high school. I had Mr. Zable when I was a sophomore and so I wasn't dating Aaliyah yet. I had Mrs. Abel when I was a junior, which is actually when Aaliyah and I started dating. I was a junior. She was a sophomore. So I do know I start, I definitely started to take her class more seriously once <laughs> I started to date. I didn't talk so much anymore. But I mean, it, it's it's hard to rema- even like think of all of the positive teachers I've had. You know, I that's a, it's a part of, you know, why I'm doing it now for sure. Awesome. So yeah, so let's go through your high school playing career then. And we can start at the earliest grade whenever you played at a JV or varsity level. So yeah. that could be a seventh grade for some people, eighth grade for others. So whenever that was, and then I really like going through season by season. So starting in and then the fall and then the winter and then the, mm-hmm. then the spring, and we'll just go year by year after that too. So yeah. let's hear about your career starting off that earliest year at the JV or varsity level and then go season by season. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess my varsity athletic career began my freshman year in the spring tennis but I, I played basketball in the winter before and I played actually soccer that fall I hadn't played soccer since being like a little kid and I played football in middle school and decided I'd rather try soccer instead but honestly if I had to choose like a one of my biggest regrets in high school is that I didn't stick with soccer all four years I actually in college got like into like the English Premier League and like I followed Chelsea and so like I, I love like the culture of soccer I guess now and like how cool it is in Europe and everything so that would be one regret I have from high school playing basketball. I was lucky enough to play for Mr. Jake Moore as well. Another Hastings legend. And then that spring is when my varsity tennis career began and it wasn't full-time varsity. I was kind of top of JV, one of the top couple, but I got to go to a couple of varsity matches and a couple of tournaments and play some exhibitions. So not far outside of the lineup. What I remember about it was just like wanting so badly to, to crack that varsity lineup, you know, and got a couple chances too. And, but it was better, I think, for my development long-term that I like wasn't in, in the varsity lineup, you know, and made me feel, I think that much better and realize the value of my spot eventually that much more to not like be given it right away. And not that I like deserved it, but just that it's like, you know, we were a solid team and everything like that and had to work for it, I think was really valuable and I remember thinking like that the captains and like juniors seniors were just so so good at tennis and so cool and just really looking up to them 
And then my sophomore year in the fall, I did not play soccer, as I mentioned. Basketball, I was on the B squad. And then varsity tennis, I was on varsity full-time my sophomore year. That year, I bounced around the lineup more. So an interesting fact is, you know, I played high school tennis and varsity tennis for like, I guess I'd call it three and a half years because it wasn't like the full first year, but and then I played in college. But I would also tell you that I, despite thinking, I, you know, I was a decent player, but I actually definitely lost more tennis matches than I've mm-hmm. won, which maybe is, maybe is unique for someone that played something in college. But my software, I moved around a bit. I played some singles, played some doubles. I wasn't like super polished yet or anything. I played a valuable role for the team in that, like, <laughs> if I played singles and I played like three singles and lost, it was all right because that let other people be in a spot that's better for them. And tennis is interesting because it's four singles and three doubles account for the seven points, right? So, you know, you can win four, three with six, one, five, two, or seven, all right. And so those are the possible results. So, you know, out of the top 10 from every school, you got to win at four of those seven spots. And so like if, you know, there's a player that, you know, might not actually be your third best player, but can play there and like look part and everything, it'll freeze up other people to play at stronger spots. You know, like there's a valuable role for the team. still. I don't remember my record. I definitely had a losing record though. But again, I think that was, was important for me too, to like kind of temper my confidence and everything like that. And, it make me realize how much more work there is still to be done. Um, my junior year, yeah, I think I like managed the girls' tennis team, kind of. I think I think it was my sophomore year, actually, to have got to mention this. I took a little bit of like lessons at Fred Wells, which is in Mendota Heights and at the indoor tennis club. But I think that was the only year I did it. My junior year, I played JV basketball with Olsen and Fike and Berman. I was lucky to, enough to coach a season with Olsen and Fike as well my first year teaching in Hastings and that was, that was a blast. You know, I really, really loved basketball as well. And I was not by any means like a good basketball player, but certainly do not regret like playing all four years. You know, I've thought about that before. Like would I have been way better at tennis had I not played basketball and just really focused and taken more lessons and stuff. And I don't, I don't think I would have been, you know, basketball kept me in better shape, but definitely too, like impacted, you know, the relationships and friends I had. And I think it was also valuable to just like learn that intensity because I think basketball by nature, not tennis at a high level, but I think for like people that are new to tennis, you know, you think of basketball is more intense. Um, and so I kind of set the standards for me in terms of like intensity to bring and the movement and ability with that. So I, I loved basketball as well. My junior year, I played mostly doubles. I don't remember if it was one or two. That year, I think I was around 500 or a winning record. And our team, we made it. None of my years did we make it. I guess I I shouldn't say that. My sophomore year actually is the furthest we made it. We had a really solid one singles named Ben Carlson. And so we made it to the section semis, which has happened a few times since then. So that would have been my sophomore year would have been the spring of 2012. So Ben Carlson was a really good one singles we had. It had the Malik brothers, Tyler and Zach, myself, Austin Huska, Craig Nielsen, Ben Klimek, a couple others too, Cody Arnson, I'm sure I'm forgetting, but that was the, that was the most success we had as a team. And then my junior year, I think we actually, I do remember this. We had another chance to go to the section semis. We were in the section quarters. 
and it was three to three and we were playing Lake Bell South and those, those Lake Bells and Rochester's are really hard to compete with because they have those tennis clubs in their town. It was three, three all. And it came down to Danny Steiner was playing either three or four singles and it was a third three set match. And it was like, ended up losing like six, seven or five, seven in the last set, just like a, a really, really close one. And I remember must've been six, seven, because I think it was a tie break. And I remember watching him play. Like I had already won that day in my doubles match and we were watching. And I remember watching him get lobbed and like, just really hoping he was up at the net and really, really wanting it to land like just long, whatever. And it just was like, so squarely on the line, like just, just like, and it was like the last point or second to last. So it was a, it was like, you know, just one of those moments where your like heart sinks, your, your stomach kind of drops and you're like, oh man, it's over. Right. So that was my junior year. And then my senior year, uh, we, I actually, my senior year, I played one doubles all season long. I remember this one more specifically, probably because I personally was a little more successful. I played with Danny Steiner and then Craig Nielsen, who were both better athletes than, than I was and everything, but you know, I'd played a lot of tennis too. And I went, I was all conference in the SEC, which is our old conference, which is a tougher conference than this one. Tennis wise, this one, this one's solid too. the Metro East that we play in now, but it was, yeah, there was, I mean, you had Eastridge and Moundsview and Milton and Stillwater are all pretty much all mm-hmm. like top 20 teams. Woodbury used to be pretty good too. So, um, it was, it felt like quite the accomplishment and that kind of like, at that point I knew I was going to St. Mary's and I knew that I wanted to play tennis there. And so that kind of validated to me that like, okay, I'm not crazy trying to like play tennis in college, you know, be an all conference and stuff. I was academic all conference too, I think. Yeah, I was my senior basketball wise too. I played, I was technically on varsity, didn't get a lot of minutes, but like I said, I loved it. Got to start senior year on senior night and, you know, drained a three. So that was a great experience as well. And actually then my senior year, this is like the biggest award I feel like I've ever personally won, but the triple A award. So for like the arts, athletics, academics and stuff, like I said, I was in choir and show choir and took a lot of like honors and AP classes and stuff like that. So really, really liked, like, like loved my experience in high school. You know, I was, as a kid who liked school, I think I liked it mostly for the social aspect. I was definitely like talkative and whatnot, but definitely looked forward to it pretty much every day. Yeah, one thing I'm thinking about as you're talking there, and it blows my mind with tennis every single time, because you kind of talked about it, is the your mental attitude when you're going out on the court, especially during your sophomore year. You know, you talked about having a losing record. How do you keep on showing up every single match, knowing that you're kind of taking one for the team there, and mm-hmm. you're in this position where you might not find success, and you're allowing your teammates to find more success. And then I know watching... Uh, some tennis matches lately or our tennis players the last couple of years is that number one singles is such a hard position to be in where you can get beat every single week, but you just got to keep on coming back. Like you said, you're kind of taking a bullet for your team there where you're taking out their number one guy and allowing them to have more success. So talk about the attitude that you got to bring every tennis yeah. match, knowing that you might not find success week in a week out, but you're really helping your team overall. Right. Yeah. I would say tennis is I mean, obviously, you know, it's, you got, you got to have some level of skill, but I think as much as any sport, it is a mental game, mm-hmm. uh, particularly singles, because it is kind of similar to wrestling. I would call them both in a way, like kind of like a 
gladiator asks for just in obviously wrestling more like that because it's you know it's like the physical kind of altercation but tennis is like gladiator in the sense that like everybody's watching like you are the only ones out there and it's like okay i'm gonna beat this guy or i'm not right mm-hmm. and um and so i think it's unique in that and i think that that singles in particular is such a mental game doubles you can get away with a little bit worse the mental game maybe but it's still it's still a strong thing you know like there's just so many aspects to that in terms of maintaining positivity i think my software a big part of it is i just really like loved being on the team and loved being a part of it so that helped it was hard you know like in terms of like i felt like it instead of like negativity i feel like i lost some of like the trust in my skills you know because it's like when you're a little overmatched it's like you can hit a good shot but like you know they they always can get to it and like return it that type of thing and so I think in that sense, it's tennis is also if, for what it's worth. And I, if someone could, could probably argue their sport is, but I think it's one of the hardest sports to pull off an upset in mm-hmm. because the way the scoring works is like, so not only do you, and not to say it's easy to pull off an upset in hockey or soccer, but you know, maybe in those, you get a couple early goals and you can defend really well in tennis, like you win two points and you haven't even won a game. Right. And then you have to win at least six games a set. And then you have to do that to do win two out of three. So like to sustain over the course of it, to win enough is, is really hard. And so I would say tennis as much as maybe any sport, like 90 plus percent of the time, truly the better player ends up winning. Like there's not, it's not a lot of days where the, you know, the worst player wins. It's just, it's, it just doesn't happen much. In terms of keeping that positive men- mentality, I really credit my dad with, I think I've been very resilient my whole life. I've, been, I've had a very fortunate life as well. So like, I haven't had a ton of like true life stress, you know, but when you're like a middle school kid and you love sports and like, you know, you have a bad game or whatever, it feels, feels bigger than maybe it is in, in the grand picture of it. But my dad was so good at like, rebuilding my my psyche you know every every time that happened and helping me out so I really credit him in terms of where do I learn that from and then I just I, I was also very coachable so I was also able to really trust my coaches which were Mick Willette and Kirk Johnson was a JV but you know some adversity assistant too in terms of and Kirk you know God rest his soul was one of the best like coaches ever that I had in terms of like positive mental attitude. I can still like imagine him saying, he used to say PMA, man, like, you know, that type of thing. And so just like realizing that it, I, I had no higher chance of winning if I was negative about it, right? Like I, that didn't help me. It didn't help my teammates to see me being negative, all of those aspects. And like you said, you know, kind of putting yourself aside for the team and realizing that it's, it's like everybody needs to see you being engaged even not even necessarily winning but like knowing that you're locked in still mentally is huge to your teammates awesome so you graduated from hastings high school let's walk through the recruiting process when it comes to college and then your playing career at college as well and then we can go through obviously your major you became a teacher i don't want to you know give away the ending here but you're a teacher here at hastings high school so let's once again go through your college career um, and then we'll go through your coaching career as well so let's go through any coaching experiences you had and then Let's, let's just kind of go to where we are today with your coaching career as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess going back to recruitment wise out of high school, to be honest, I was, I mean, like I was basically not recruited. It was, I was going to go to either like St. Mary's or St. John's were kind of my top picks. I'm St. Mary's in Winona or St. John's in, I think it's Collegeville. 
Minnesota. But anyways, I ended up choosing St. Mary's because I came to the realization, I was like, okay, I, I know I want to be a teacher. And so then I had to think about like, well, you know, what's going to be when I like cost effective. Yeah. Like I don't want to spend like, you know, as much money and St. John's was more expensive. And like in my mind, they were pretty much a toss up. So I was like, all right, St. Mary's it is. And then I actually reached out to the coach and it's not to say I didn't have to like try out and show I was good enough. I, I mean, I wasn't really on people's radar because like being all conference doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be like a good college player because, you know, there's, there's a broad scope of conferences and how good they are or not, you know, and I hadn't had like super successful couple of years before that, when I wasn't most players that play in college, I probably their schools won singles. But I was way better at doubles, so I played doubles my senior year. And, I, and we had better players, too, than me. So I wouldn't, it wouldn't have made sense for me to be the one single. So I really did not get recruited. But I talked to him, and then I went down for a visit and met the team that was there. And then when I moved in in the fall, I remember I, like, in my unair-conditioned, like, dorm, those days were, like, 85, 90, and, like, a 70-year-old dorm building. And so hot that we would go to the Winona Tennis Center, which was indoors, and there's something wrong with the AC that first year where we moved in. And oh my gosh, it was like hotter than it was outside and like indoors, and so there's no breeze. But I just remember like instantly, like just like falling in love with like the with the team and the guys and everything. And I was definitely like, I was definitely out of most of the people there on the lower end. You know, we had a good amount of upperclassmen people that were like all Mayak and everything. So really solid players. And then even out of the other freshmen, there was, there was a few that had been one singles and had been to their state state tournament and everything. So certainly more accomplished than myself, but I didn't, I didn't feel like completely overmatched. And there was a couple other kids that got cut. So it was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm good enough to make the team. And so I did that. And really my goal too, with playing, number one, I, I am so jealous of like, even our, our guys now still that just get to like play tennis all the time. Like I just le legitimately love playing tennis or even basketball, like any, really any sport. I, it is just so fun to, so, so fun to play. So I wanted to keep playing. And then number two, I knew I was going to be a teacher. So I actually like, and talking with my dad about it too, you know, and my, well, my mom as well, but they were talking about how it would be such a good experience, like become a better coach as well. So. That was, that was kind of my motivation in my whole freshman year, I was exhibition, which is, you know, outside the line of college is a little different. Instead of the top 10 getting to play, it's usually like the top six, because what happens is like the match will start and then there'll be three doubles matches and then six singles matches. So the score would be out of nine instead of seven. But a lot of times your six best doubles players are also your six best singles players. So like. You might have 10 guys on the team or 12 guys on the team, but most, more often than not, most people would play both singles and doubles. So I was exhibition my full freshman year. There might've been a couple matches against like bad teams that I got to play in the lineup. And that was a lot of fun. We got to go to Florida on spring break in Orlando and play some teams. And that was a great experience as well. Sophomore year. So I, and I, I was at St. Mary's and we know I should throw this in there. I was a social studies education major, so it's almost enough history credits to be a full-on history major, but obviously social studies education, your degree is in teaching and whatnot. So, and that's what I knew I wanted to do. So that was the, that was the right path. I mean, I really loved my history professors and 
education professors as well and everything. And I was lucky enough, I guess, like I have a unique, had a unique life in the sense that pretty much everywhere I've gone in my life, somebody has like known me that I don't already know. So, I mean, growing up in Hastings, like my family's from here, both sides are like third generation living here. My parents were teachers and a principal. And so like everywhere I went growing up, people knew me, even if I didn't know them. So my parents always used that as like a reason for me to behave. Um, mm-hmm. And then even in college, both of my sisters had gotten there as well. And one of my, my middle sister, Abby, was still there. So that was really huge in terms of like just feeling com- comfortable there. Um, and then the second part too, in terms of like being comfortable is like being on that team was just built in friends. And so that was, that was fantastic. Sophomore year, I got in the lineup a little bit more frequently, but then we graduated a good amount of guys. There's a lot of guys two years older than me. So then we graduated like four or five. And so then junior year, got into the lineup. I played kind of depending on the match, but usually five or six singles and some two or three doubles. And then my senior was actually like the same kind of spots, but I got in the lineup for those last two years. And so for me, uh, what it was, what was big about college was like proving that I was, you know, like good enough at it, I guess, probably mostly to myself more than anyone else, because I put so much value into sports and really wanted, wanted that affirmation for myself that it was like worth it, I guess. And even beyond, and like for me, you know, I, I, like I said, Tim, I, I have lost more than I've won as a player and as a coach, actually. But it's just like, for me, that was, yeah, just showing I was good enough, I guess, was, was and obviously I wanted to win and compete and all of that was a great goal. But I, as in, at the end of the day, you know, as a D3 tennis player, that was towards the end of like the bottom of their lineup, right? So for me, it was far more about who I was on the court and what lessons I was learning, I guess. And I was fortunate enough to have good coaches and helping driving that home and great parents in terms of establish those values as well. Some other highlights from college is our coach, our coach had taught in England some. So we went on a trip to England and France and we got to go to the French Open for a day and watch some soccer, some football matches, I should say. Uh, yeah, that was, we got to go to Florida on spring break for tennis, which is great too. You get out in the sun and get to play. It was just, it was, it was truly, truly an honor to, to do that in college in my eyes. And like I said, I wasn't super successful winning and lots wise, but I just loved every minute of it. No, um, that's perfect. And sorry to interrupt, but I love yeah. when you just said that, you know, obviously the wins and losses, I mean, we, we all love winning, you know, and. Right. And most people hate losing, but I, I really like when you say that the, you love sports because of the values that is instilled in your life. I think that's super positive. And a couple other things too, where when you get to school, I know a lot of people, when they get to college fraternities and things of that nature, but you had instant best friends when you were there. And I think the biggest thing is you guys all had the same goals when you were there too. So you aligned yourself with a bunch of other guys that when they get to school, you guys had the same goals. So it wasn't like you were searching for those people that had the same goals or that as you did, you know, so you, you had those yeah. instantly and you're surrounded by those people every single day, which I think is extremely important. Right. Right. So then after St. Mary's, let's oh, talk yeah. about your coaching career and then any teaching opportunities that you had before you came to Hastings. And then yeah. we could talk about your time here in Hastings. Yeah. Yeah. So after St. Mary's, so I graduated college in 2018, like I said, social studies education, I was actually really fortunate. So in college, I, I kind of waffled back and forth a little bit. I debated becoming like a biology or earth science teacher because I went to my first education class and out of like 25 people in there, there was like half were elementary, half were high school. And like of the high school, it was like nine or 10, we're going to do social studies. And there was like, oh crap, like mm-hmm. 
That is not good number wise. So I got a little freaked out and I like, you know, was ready, like talked to my advisor and was like starting to change my course plan for like the next semester to take, you know, like the chemistry and physics and stuff. And I could have done it. I could have gotten by in those subjects, but it was never, science was never my passion in terms of like subject in school. But I remember conversations with my parents and my advisor and stuff and just talking about like passion, you know, what do you, like, what would you rather talk about for 30, 40 years, you know, Mm -hmm. hypothetically. And so I I ended up deciding to go social studies though. And I remember very clearly talking with my dad, like social studies, you know, teachers, I remember him saying, you know, there are a dime a dozen, like you you put out a social studies job, there's easily a hundred applicants, you know? So I said, if you want to do it, that's completely fine. You just like, you have to be like the best. And so I was fortunate enough out of college, I actually already had a job before I graduated when it was at Farmington High School. So pretty near here as a two year long term sub for a teacher that took a contract to go teach in Vietnam for those two years. And so I, I felt again, that was another moment kind of like, you know, feeling like, you know, I made the team and I was in the lineup where it was like, OK, like, I, you know, I did that like I. I remember being like not overly competitive, but making sure that like I was working harder than the other like social studies education makers. Like, like no, I like you know can't do that tonight. Whatever. Like, no, I need to like I need to make sure like basically I'm a better candidate than than you will be. And so I was a captain of the tennis team. I was involved in our student senate. I was uh, you know I was multifaceted there. So um, I did that, and like that to me was a huge sign of success. Coaching wise, I actually do think it was my very first job. I think I was 15. I think I was a sophomore going into my summer as a junior in high school and maybe a freshman and a sophomore. And I coached with Sherry Manson, a couple older high schoolers, but there's that little kid community. So that was my very first experience. And I did that for a couple of summers and really enjoyed it. In college, there's a Hastings Tennis Association that's run by Sadie Reiners, and it's a nonprofit, but she every summer has an intern or two. And so I was a Hastings Tennis intern before my senior year of college. And really what that ends up being is just a ton of coaching, but kind of all ages too, because you help out in the morning with community ed stuff, but you also like there's adult lessons. So there's like a couple of seniors that would show up that were like 65. So I coached people that were like 35 and 18 year olds and 65 year olds and four year olds. So it was really like good experience to work with a lot of different ages. And then with that teach, fast forward again to the teaching job in Farmington, one of my best college friends, his name was Blake Olmscheid. We had played tennis together and he's actually now, so he like really chased like the coaching dream. He's actually now an assistant at Arizona State with their women's tennis. Holy cow. Yeah, so he was the head coach in Farmington and I was his assistant for one year and then he left to go coach at an NAIA school. You know, because it's a lot of college coaching, you really got to like kind of take your lumps and start lower unless you really know someone or went to that school or whatnot. And so he went to that NAI school. And so I was actually the head coach in Farmington. It was my second year as a teacher and I was the head coach of the girls and the boys tennis team. And the girls season, we we had a, it was a really good season. We weren't, we didn't necessarily win a ton, but really good in terms of we were a good unit and we got a lot better. And I think the girls enjoyed me being the coach. So, but then that spring was that first spring of COVID. So 2020. And so that boys season ended up being canceled. And then that spring of 2020 is when I got hired in Hastings. And I think it was at the end of that canceled season in like June or something that Mick announced that he was stepping down as the Hastings boys coach. 
So like me knowing I was getting hired there, my like, you know, my eyes lit up at that potential chance. And then I think like Trent, what I think it was posted like in November, actually you and Marissa were part of the interview yep. as well. And so then I ended up getting that and inheriting Marissa. So who I'm so lucky to have still as my assistant, honestly, like compared to myself, even compared to anyone in Hastings, like her, her knowledge of tennis and what it takes to be a, a really successful player is for sure second to none. Yeah. And even compared to myself, for sure. And so I, like I said, I'm lucky there my first year. So I, you know, I think one of my best accomplishments so far as coach, my first year emerging from kind of coach in terms of canceling sports, it was still definitely affecting like what it looked like, but I, we had 15 high schoolers and five middle schoolers who had to call up, which was a new thing for Hastings because we usually had decent numbers. And then that was, I don't remember what we finished record wise, but it really enjoyed coaching those guys really enjoyed the seniors that I inherited there as well. So then the next year we got, we ended, we started the season with like 21 or two. So for tennis, for varsity JV, you really want at least 10 for each. Ideally, you know, you get like 12 with varsity and about 15 or more with JV. But so we ended with 25. So we finished the year with like solid numbers. And then this year we actually have had, we had 35 guys come out. So we're on the verge of needing a C squad. So, I mean, next year we'll see what happens for numbers and whatnot, but we might have to add a third coach and third schedule and everything like that. So I think that's one way that makes, you know, me fit, me feel that I'm helping, you know, build a program in the right direction. That's not tied to wins or losses, but you know, kids want to come out and they want to come back and whatnot. See ya. Teaching is kind of in your blood, obviously, with your dad being a teacher and a principal for a long time. So obviously that was maybe not the, maybe an easy career path for you to go down, but why do you think coaching was so important for you to get into, especially when it comes to tennis? Yeah. Yeah. Like I would agree with what you said about teaching. I think at some point it became obvious that I liked working with kids, you know, between the why and coaching and stuff. And then it's more about what, you know, what subjects do I like the most? And then coaching, I just, I think that. For me, I truly like as much as almost anyone I know, I, I just love sports. So to still be involved with sports in one way, shape or form um, was, was always important. And then I, I just was able to think back to, you know, the coaches and the impact that they had on me and how highly I thought of many of my coaches and how, you know, I'd be in that position to help those kids, you know, grow too. I think it's an extension of the school day and of the classroom and everything. And so those lessons that you learn on the court or on the mat or whatever the sport may be, you just end up being not more important, but a lot of times as important for the development of the human being, which I, I think really, I, I, I tell myself all the time, especially when I'm feeling like down about a loss or whatever, just that, you know, like I'm not, I'm not necessarily as weird as it sounds. My main goal is not to win tennis matches. My, my main goal has to be to develop like young men of character. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's, it's, you know, it's a way that I feel better about it, not going how I would always want, but it's also true. Like it's also the, the main thing, right? Like in terms of my program and the Hastings tennis program, want it to be known. I mean, if it's known for being successful, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's definitely a goal, but more than that, that we are, you know, good sportsmen that we are, you know, playing the right way and acting as a team and as a unit. So. Awesome. So right now you're in your fifth year as a head coach. 
one in Farmington, four years here at Hastings High School. What is something that you do now that you wish you did maybe that first year when you started at Farmington? Yeah, I feel like one of the ways that I have grown is just in, I think tennis is, it's an interesting sport in terms of coaching because it's not like a basketball where you can yell on the sideline like the whole game or football where you need to call a play or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Like you can only talk to them at certain points. So you can only go out at what's called a changeover, which is every two games, they switch sides of the net with their opponent and you can only go out then. And so like, I always have an inner dialogue going about like, if I should go coach that person at that point, like, do I actually have something new to say to them or do they actually need a little bit of a pick me up or am I just going out there? Cause I feel like I should go out there cause I'm the coach. Right. And so I feel like I've gotten better at going out when I actually need to versus just, I feel like my first year, I just like almost every changeover for everyone I was out there. And it's, it's mm-hmm. always helpful in terms of sometimes, you know, you can get bad coaching and like, it doesn't help them win. And then, but number two, it's so important for them to try and figure it out on their own and think strategically as well. So I think I've become better at not over coaching. I think too, I've become a lot better in terms of setting my own expectations for like what the program standards are in terms of like conduct and sounds like small, but like, you know, uniforms and different things like that. And just kind of making it more cohesive. I think I've taken steps forward in it as well. Sweet. Kind of the opposite kind of question now, what is something that you thought you needed to do when you first started out and you maybe kind of phase that out along the way? So like I said, I I know it. You, you just talked about the improvement process and getting better as a coach. And this is maybe kind of along the same lines where you thought you needed to do something and then you realize that I really didn't need that part of my coaching. So it could be the same thing. But like I said, what is something that you phase out over the last five years? Yeah, I guess it's maybe not something I've phased out, but a thing that, yeah, I guess I've phased out like <laughs> this. Maybe it doesn't sound great, but like unnecessarily positive like coaching like I feel like sometimes when I was just starting I wanted to make sure I was always like really nice and you know not making it them feel bad and I think that that's common sometimes for young teachers and coaches but and not that I'm mean or ever trying to make them feel bad but you know I feel like I'm for sure more honest like in terms of you know like what's happening and like if what they're doing is like right or wrong or good enough or not enough you know whatever and so I think I think I am definitely more honest. And so I guess, yeah, phasing out kind of, maybe I would call it like fluff a little bit, um, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And so, and that, that's another thing a little bit like for, for me too, I, I, I am a little bit of a people pleaser. And so to, to do that, you know, take some attention, take some thought, kind of like the overcoaching. For sure. You talked about Nick Willett earlier, coaching all throughout high school, along with Kirk Johnson. If you want to go into more detail about those two guys, that'd be great. Or if you want to go into detail about another coach that had a really big impact on you, it could be early on, it could be in high school or college as well. So talk about a coach that you really looked up to and that really helped you kind of mold you into the person you are today and the coach you are today as well. Yeah. 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 I'll talk about, talk about a number of them here. So I, I would start with talking about my parents and my, my dad did coach too, and he was a teacher. So I think really they did an incredible job with me in terms of like building me up and everything, but also being honest and kind of building in that resiliency for me. 
um, and integrity as well. So I would start with my parents being like, you know, life coaches, I guess. <laughs> and then I would, yeah, I'd go ahead to Willette and Johnson and just talk a little more about them. So like they were, they had a good balance of Mick knew way more about tennis, but Kirk certainly, you know, knew about kids and how to handle people and everything. And so I just remember both of them. Number one, my main memories of both is nothing to do with tennis other than that they were the coaches, but just the hilarious stories on the various van rides and bus rides and stuff that these guys would have. And just what I remember learning from Mick, I guess, is that um, number one, like how to play and like be strategic and everything. But number two, that like there was joy in the small parts of it as well, whether you're winning or losing. Um, I know that was a, that's a big thing. I listened to his podcast. I remember him talking about, well, I, I remember the name of the, of the guy, David Austin, when he talked about, you know, the impact that he had there. But I remember learning about the joy in the small parts. And then with Johnson, I definitely, honestly, I don't know how much I learned about tennis, but I feel like it was a lot more about life and just like, like again, enjoying the small moments and stuff, but also just like being able to laugh at yourself and find the optimism and stuff, even when things weren't going so great. So that's what I remember about those guys. What I remember about basketball, like in Olsen, number one, was like learning kind of a work ethic, but number two, it's just like the love for the game of basketball that those two men have. Like I would put them up against like any coach I've met in any sport. Like there are not a lot of people that legitimately love the game that they coach as much as those two do. So seeing that was, was important modeling for me in terms of becoming a coach and what I try and channel that from them. Um, and then my college coaches too, Blake Duden was the assistant and then Jeff Helberg was the head coach at St. Mary's and things from both of them. I mean, Duden was like the most player coach I've ever like had just got along so well with us and was so good at connecting and had been all around Minnesota and Wisconsin. So like knew about where we were all from and could talk about that. And Halberg is just like, has, has been one of the most forgiving and like kind people I've ever worked with. And so like, in terms of what I take from Halberg, it's just that like, you know, like he's like the kids always like, they always deserve a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance and a fifth chance and whatnot. And from Blake Duden, I really just like that value of connecting with each athlete personally about, you know, I mean, now a lot of the kids that go try from Hastings, right. But like something that they like, something they care about just really, yeah, was, was awesome for me. You talked about Fike Olson and Marissa Walsh as well. People that you worked with here in Hastings. Once again, if you want to go into more detail about those three, that'd be great or any other assistant coaches or, you know, head coaches that you've worked with along the way too. So talk about the people that you worked with and the kind of impact that they had on you too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'll start with Marissa. Like I said, I, there's no one in Hastings or maybe even further than that, that knows as much about tennis and like about how to truly like improve at tennis than, than she does. And I think too, she, she, one of her best qualities is I think she is very honest with with the boys and, and the girls, you know, I coach, I'm her assistant in the spring, in the fall, excuse me. And I think that she does a really good job of, of being honest in a way that's productive. So I think that's a, it's a great thing. And her commitment, you know, it's someone you're talking about when I was in college and being committed to the same things those guys were. She and I working together over the summer and then the two seasons, she and I like were committed to the same thing in the sense of like, we want Hastings Tennis to 
and we want the athletes to like behave a certain way and ideally play a certain way and improve and you know grow that love of the game and so it's just been it's been a joy to work with her um, Mike and Olsen it was such a it was such a fun basketball season that I coached with them I, I wish you know I could have coached more basketball but it just didn't work well for our family and I, again I would just echo like their their love for the game is just second to none as well as they they have a really good they've worked together a long time now but they have a really good kind of yin yang with each other in terms of like one comes down hard the other one's more there to like build up if one coaches more offense the other one is there to coach more of the defense and kind of take the lead on that and so those two like just a great model of kind of how to how to work together with that with a long-standing assistant yeah and then who else were we talking about I think those three. And then one from Farmington, one from Farmington, Keith Rebels. He was my assistant my very first season as a varsity coach. And he actually, like, he had, he was a special ed teacher, but he was going to coach something else like middle school soccer. And then he heard that I needed an assistant and he said, oh, sure, I'll help him because he'd been in my classroom before as a co-teacher. And he, you know, is another person that had coached a ton of sports. He actually had been Farmington's head hockey coach for boys and for girls at different times. I don't know if you ever saw or heard the story, Tim, of when Farmington, there was a senior night, a goalie got to start and he let a goal in on purpose. And then oh, yeah. left the coach. So he was actually the head coach at, yeah. at, at that moment. Poor so guy. Like, talk about, talk about having seen it all, right? You know, like that guy's he was hugely impactful to it just in terms of, you know, he kept everything in perspective. And there's a couple issues we ran into that year that, you know, he really had some good guidance for me on. So I just really appreciated, appreciated him as well, especially in my first year and being like, oh, I don't know what to do about this or this. And he had a lot of answers there. So those, those people in terms of who I've coached with have been hugely, hugely helpful and impactful. So you got four years here in Hastings, one in Farmington. Looking back on those five years, what do you think would be one of your favorite moments as a high school tennis coach? And you could talk about basketball as well. If you want to talk, if you have yeah. a really favorite moment as a basketball coach, you can mention that as well. Yeah, I'll start like more general. I'll give you kind of two different answers. The general answer is when, like when you can see the obvious improvement. So like the other day, we have an eighth grader on varsity this year, Micah Slapnicher. And so he... Over the course of the season has not won a ton, but like gotten remarkably better at, at playing singles and everything. And so it's been just like, and that happens all the time. So he's just one example, but when you can just see like someone, okay, yes, like we're moving the right way, you know, we're taking steps. That's, that's helpful. And then if I had to name a specific moment, gosh, any, any close wins, any close wins that are like four, three, especially when it comes down to a third set. So maybe I'll say. I'll say this one. So last spring we were like a 45 degree day. We squeegeed for like an hour to get the cords ready and we played park and it came down to like two doubles and we had lost the first set and it was three all. And then they came back and won the next two sets. And it was, this, it was a great four, three victory, especially a come from behind and just all the emotion we had invested in that day of like working hard. Is it going to rain too much? Is it not? And then squeegeeing, but it's still cold out and it worked out and we got to play and then we won. So that was a, was a great moment. So we, we only got a couple more questions here, Alex. And anything else you want to add from your playing career in high school, your playing career at St. Mary's and your coaching career here so far in Hastings and Farmington? Anything else you want to add in before we kind of put a bow on that and go on to our final questions? 
No, I would just, I, I guess one thing I would just recommend to any kid just to, like, if you're thinking about going out for a sport or a club or whatever, I just would really recommend to do that as much as possible. I know it's a lot, I feel like a lot more kids have jobs now than I remember in high school. And that's all valuable and there's skills to learn there too. But I guess I'm of the mind that like the rest of life you'll be working. So if yes. you have this chance to go play these sports and do these things, you should and take make the most of it because i yeah it's just it's been so great for me and so i'd love other people to take that chance too no i definitely agree with you and i i feel like that the pain and the regret of not going all in when you're in high school and fully focusing on sports and academics too academics we could tie in to that kind of mm -hmm. saying as well but the the feeling of not going all in during those four years is it's really you know painful to go through the rest of your life like that so like you're talking about with kids getting pulled with hobbies and jobs and so many other things that they are getting pulled in different directions nowadays, but that maybe that pain of not going all in is something that really haunts a lot of people. So it's, I think it's really important to dive in and try new things and really go full bore at what they're doing. Right. Right. And I think that really ties into our last couple of questions, which we always look for advice for parents, coaches, and student athletes. So once again, I think that going all in and trying new things is super important for our student athletes. Anything that else add? in if you were giving advice to student athletes? Yeah, advice to student athletes is just like, another one where it's kind of as much as possible, but like, so for me in high school, I definitely tried while I was at the sport and everything, and I tried in the off season, but I never like was in great shape or anything. And then in college, I like, you know, I lost some weight and got in shape and everything. And I wish I would have, you know, dedicated a little bit more time to that, that fitness level. So, you know, my advice to athletes, as much as you can do, burning out is, you know, do the summer programs, do Raiders Express, do that stuff. Number one, you like to, again, gain like character skills and you gain resilience and you work hard and form bonds with teammates. But like that also pays off on the court, on the, on the field, you know, whatever. I think I wish I would have committed earlier to, you know, being, being at a higher fitness level. Not that I would have been like number one in the state, but I certainly, you know, should have been that much better. So. Perfect. The last one is parents and coaches. So if you had to talk to parents and coaches and give them a few pieces of advice from your experiences, what do you think it would be? Yeah, parents, I guess I would just say, just go to as many events as you can. You know, there's a lot of our parents do, which is awesome, but you know, it's not always true for other schools and whatnot. And I understand people have to work, but just like as much, like I keep saying as much as possible, but you know, if you can get to that, that match for your, your son or daughter, I think it's so impactful for them to see that support. And like, then even like to see that the support is the same, whether they won or lost and everything is, is just really important for kids in terms of developing that strong relationship with their parents. So I think really it is, it's about showing up. It's about going. There's like adages about what is it? 90% of life is showing up something like mm -hmm. that. So love it, Alex. That's all the questions I got for you tonight. The last thing we always do is just turn the microphone over to our guest. So anything else I forgot to ask you, anything you want to get off your chest, any shout outs you want to give, but like I said, the microphone is yours and you can go for it. Yeah. I don't have a lot. I just am very grateful to be a coach here, to be a teacher here, to be from here. You know, I. I love Hastings and I am glad to be from here, I'm proud to be from here. I think like any town, you know, there's sometimes bad things that happen, things that go wrong, but I think 
we also have a great sense of community here. And I think that it's, it's something that I take pride in. And so I, I just hope other people do too. Awesome. Thanks, Alex. Thanks.